This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Fire away on Zoom. Go ahead. Could you just repeat again the three steps of what you have in mind in tefillah? The three things that were that that are tefillah. Yeah, is that what they're asking? The, the three things that are the essence of tefillah. The first thing is that Hashem is everything good. Everything about Hashem is good. And Hashem is lehitiv. Hashem just wants to give to us to be mative. Which means that everything you see in this world is a manifestation of the goodness of Hashem. Everything. Every person who's created. Every person who... Everything. Everything that goes into this world. When you're eating a grain of rice, you could think to yourself that there were 16 generations of people in Southeast Asia who were born with the knowledge of how to create rice and how to harvest rice and had to put rice into a bag and ship that bag to, to America. And he created people in India who created a whole trading route going back hundreds of years with ships. And they know exactly how to ma- you know navigate the seas. And he put stars in the sky so that that rice will go from that person in Southeast Asia all the way through India, all the way to the port in Newark, then onto a truck. And he gave some guy in Williamsburg the knowledge of how to run a store knowledgeably. And that guy bought it from another guy and put it onto my shelf. And he gave my mother the ability to, you know, to, to cook that rice for me just at the right temperature. All of that happened for you to take one bite of rice. That's, that's what it means. And then the third step is that you now have a hischaivas, a reality to live within the understanding that Hashem is all good and you are a reflection. Your job is to be a reflection of Hashem's good. If a person internalizes those three ideas, you envelop yourself with a real relationship with Hashem. Those are the three ideas. Everybody got this? We're good? We're ready to dive in my ear? Yeah, go ahead. Take, take the, just turn it on there. So how do we fit these three steps into the actual like, sorry, the actual brachos? So I was thinking about that. How does it go into every one of the, the brachas itself? So he talks about how the first three brachas and the last three brachas, which really accompany every tefillah, whether it's Shabbos, Yantif, weekday, whatever it is, is always the first three and the last three. And essentially what you're saying on their own level, and we'd have to spend a lot more time on each one of them, but essentially what you're saying is, is that these are various levels of whether it's creation or, or relationship. Yeah, within the world of my connection to Hashem. So, for example, for example, Tchiasa Mesim, for example, Maidim, right? Sim Shalim, right? These ideas are the basic ideas which accompany every single tefillah. Bakasha, this is where he talks about Bakasha. Bakasha is where you link a lot of these ideas. Let's say, for example, Slachlanu, right? There could be the personal side of things where you're basically saying to Hashem, I'm sorry, I messed up, I need forgiveness. But at the same time, you're also internalizing the idea that within Hashem's greatness and uh, everything, Hashem created the idea for slicha and mechila, right? So it could be that you have nothing to ask Hashem for forgiveness for, right? Your perfect person did nothing wrong. Your davening should be just the internalization, like, wow, Hashem, you forgive, you forgive mankind. You give us the ability three times a day to stand up and say, I did something wrong, and honestly and really forgive us. So what does that mean for me and my own personal relationships with people, Right? Hashem, you give the ability to heal the world. So either it could be bakasha, which is where you say, like, Hashem, I'm so close with you, but like, you know, somebody I know is sick, Rafainu, right? Or you could simply just acknowledge the idea that Hashem sustains the whole world and everything that goes into people, you, you, you know, Hashem has the ability to heal them. And you're not asking for something. It's just that awareness. That awareness is pretty massive, right? A person says, Asha Yadzar. 
that awareness is massive, that a little hole in one person's heart, it's, it's all over, right? But Hashem is the one who's, who's doing that. That awareness, he talks about the, the feeling being a feeling, almost a mixture of Ava and Yura, which doesn't mean fear necessarily. It's, it's pretty awesome. You know what I'm saying? It's like, whoa, like you have the ability to do anything. That means that a person who's alive today and gone tomorrow, where did that come from? It came from Hashem. And I was talking to this person, this person in the medical field, and, and he said, I would imagine that, you know, as a medical professional, I can become very haughty with what I do. I said, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's really not up to you, right? How many patients did you, did you treat and the patient, you, you, you put everything into and the patient died. So who did that? You failed. You, you don't kill yourself for that. You say, oh, it's up to God. So the same way it's up to God when it doesn't go well, it's up to God when it does go well, right? Everything is up to Hashem. That's the end of the day. Everything is up to Hashem. You do your part, your reflection. You're a piece of the puzzle. But I think that, to me also, the, the, the part that is so moving to me is that there's a heschaivas here. You know what I mean? It's not just like, yeah, Hashem, like, I think we look at tefillah as bakasha. So we come and we go, okay, Hashem, you know, forgive me, heal me, parnasa, children, nachas, like we just come with like our laundry list and we're like, we, we open our, we open our sitter and we have like 700 things that fall out. Like, this is what I need from you, Hashem. But real, real tefillah is as chayvas on ourselves to be forgiving and to be benevolent to other people, to live your life in a certain way. So within the first few brachas, it's really just that realization, that internalization. The middle brachas have this duality where you can specifically ask for something and at the same time, the hischaivas of how Hashem lives the world, that's how you should live live as well. I'll just say that, you know, a lot of times I tell, I say this to couples, um, that the same way I was in our Yitzchak in Yeshiva in, in Brooklyn and they have a lot of different types of guys. I remember there was one time a guy, it was the end of Yom Kippur, end and end of Yom Kippur. It was Ni'ila time, and this guy pulled up in a sports car to Yeshiva. And he came running into Yeshiva. Like you hear this car like zip up. This guy comes running in, wearing like these outlandish clothing. And he walks in and he looks around the base medrash. And keep in mind, this is like everyone's sitting there with their talisim, with their kittles, the end of the day. And the Rosh Hashiva went gave back a very powerful shmooze right before Ni'ila. And everyone's like feeling you're on a high. And this guy bursts through the doors and like 300 people just look and see this guy just standing there. Like he just walked, he drove in on Yom Kippur. And Rosh Hashiva called him over and he threw his talus over this guy. And he's like gave him like, you know, like a, like let's go. And they jumped right into Ni'ila just like that over two people just jumped right into Nila. And I was thinking to myself, like, Klape Shemaya, think about what's going on. And Shemayim, think about what's happening right now, right? You have a guy totally disconnected, but at the same time, he felt that he's going to come to Shul on Yom Kippur. He missed the whole day, and he drove up, but he showed up for Nila. And what do we say? We say the words, Ki Yemincha Pshuta Shavim, right? Your hand is outstretched, to take people who messed up. Your hand is literally outstretched. And the Rosh Hashiva was literally showing us, this is in Shemayim, this is what they're doing. They're wrapping him in a talus and they're davening together with him. Why? Because, and we say the words. 
He was showing us what it actually was like. My hand is outstretched. The same way all of us are looking, 349 people looked at the door and judged this guy. He looked at the door and he grabbed him and he said, If in Shemayim they accept this guy, why won't I accept this guy? He wrapped his talus around him and he said, let's go, let's go, let's daven. That is a powerful moment. And I tell couples all the time, you want to you wanna know what it means to be like Hashem? When your spouse does something to you that's hurtful, and the next day they walk in the door, ease up a little bit. Don't kill them. You say it all the time. You ask Hashem all the time to do that with you. And then when somebody else comes in that they did something, they, they said something that was a little bit hurtful, they slighted you, they did something that you didn't like, you can't forgive them for two weeks. There's always this like ear, this, this, this heaviness that's hanging over your heads. But you say the words all the time. Hashem, your hand is outstretched. Just take me back as if nothing happened. Hashem, just take me back. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Let's just move past this. That's what we ask for every single day. And then somebody does something to us and it's so hard for us. The concept of tefillah is that his chayvas, it's, it's, it's telling you all the things you're asking for before you ask for them. Live your life by these principles. Mimic Hashem. Mahu afata. Just like he is like this, you should also be like this. That's, in a certain sense, the essence of tefillah. It's not about showing up and saying, I don't forgive anybody, but Hashem, you forgive me. I'm not nice to anybody, but Hashem, be nice to me. That's not the essence of tefillah. It's not just bakasha. The first step is that it's a heschaivas. It's an internalization of what it is. It's good. It manifests itself in everything in our lives. And then I have to live by those principles. That's how I have to live. And if I live... Fine, now we could talk about Bakasha. And of course, you could ask for Bakasha even if you're not fully there. But that's, that's, that's how it's supposed to go. That's how the light is supposed to flow. It flows from above and manifests itself and then it reflects itself through us. And then you could say, Hashem, listen, you created this principle called forgiveness. I see it all over the world. I live it myself. Can I have some of it? That's tefillah. That's real tefillah. It's a beautiful concept. It's not just about showing up with your laundry list. It's very, very different. To me, the part that's, that sticks out is the hischaivas. It's the responsibility to act in all the things that we're saying. The same things we're asking for has to become part of who we are. Right? Make sense? Hi. Um, my question is, on a side point, there was, like you mentioned, that everything on this world is good. How does a person feel that, like, comes to feeling that everything in this world is for our good, if we don't feel it yet? How is a person supposed to feel that everything in this world is for the good if they don't feel it yet, right? That's really the, t- the, the title of that book. If, if God is so good, then why is the world so bad? <laughs> right. It's a good question. So, in a certain sense, the answer is because our concept of what's good is maybe what's sweet or what we perceive as good. But in the bigger picture, and of course it's very hard sometimes to to just preach this, we have to like schmooze this out and really feel the feeling. If we look at it that it's good klape shmaya, that it fulfills an ultimate purpose, then it's good. So whatever that purpose may be, that purpose sometimes may be death, that purpose sometimes may be sickness, that purpose may may, may be a bigger picture that we're not necessarily able to see. So it's not for us to figure out why things happen. And sometimes it's hard for us to even look in our own personal lives and see what's happening. But the ability to feel those feelings 
then know that it's good. That's something that sometimes takes real amuna. You know, I always, I always say that when Rebuchan of Wasserman was taken out to be killed, I think we mentioned this here a few times, Rebuchan of Wasserman was taken out to be killed. He told the people around him, we are Karbanas and we're, we're a carbon seaver. We are being brought as Karbanas for everybody in Klai Yisrael. And a carbon is puzzle if there's, if there's piggle, there's different things. If a, if a Kayan has in mind the wrong thoughts, then a carbon is invalid. And we have to accept and understand that this is the Ratzon Hashem. What's about to happen is literally the Ratzon Hashem. And that's the only thing we have to think about right now. And if you think something else, then your Hakrava is going to be painted. It's going to be off. So everybody internalize this is the Ratzon Hashem. You are a carbon seabor and you are fulfilling the destiny of Kal Yisrael. And then he turned to the Nazis and he said, you can now start. And they started and they killed everybody. That was that was the last speech. The speech was even at this moment. There's no, we tend to think that goodness means that like a helicopter swooped in, killed all the Nazis, everyone got loaded up, they went on a plane, they flew to America, they re- that's not what happened. They were all killed, the Gadna Ladar, Wasserman. But he, he was expressing to them, we will not see it in this world. You're not going to be in this world and see the goodness. You're not going to. But we know, we internalize, we feel that everything is good. And I think that the question is really touching on this point, that part of tefillah is not sometimes that necessarily you feel the goodness and then you stop and you daven shmana esrei. It's that you daven shmana esrei and through davening shmana esrei, you, you remind yourself, you feel yourself again and again saying to yourself, everything that's happening in this world is good. I don't have my shidduch yet, it's good. I am struggling with parnasa. It's good. This is helping me. This is working for me. This is developing me. This is part of a master plan. It's not my time. It's not my place. It's not my understanding. You go through that. That is what we call Avaida. It's an Avaida. It's every single person's Avaida. It's called an Avaida Shebelev. You go through that Avaida. You come out the other side. You're a different person. If you don't go through that Avaida, if you just Davin Shemina Esrei as Shemosh, you just say the words you will have missed a tremendous opportunity. You'll have gone through and you'll say, well, when I feel close to Hashem, when I feel good, and in those moments that I'm happy, then I'll throw him a bone. I'll say brachas in the morning before I run out. All right, I'm willing to do that. That's totally misunderstanding what tefillah is. Tefillah is an internalization, a real reality, a real, a real relationship that has to be worked through. If you understand what you're working towards, it makes it much easier. But if you don't even understand what you're working towards and you're just closing your eyes and you're screaming at the wall and you don't really understand like what the feeling you're supposed to be feeling, then you can daven your whole life. And and it was like a very intense davening, but intense davening may mean that it was just you focused on what you wanted that Hashem didn't give you yet. That's not real tefillah. You missed the whole opportunity. I feel like everybody has to know this idea. Just have to say, like, no? I have to like shout this from the rooftops. It's not just like... Not like an idea. Like this is like the essence of like what it means to be a yid. This is literally what it means. You have to feel these feelings. Like uh, within relationships, I see this all the time that, that people say they're working so hard. You, well, you're working so hard, you don't even know what you're working on. You know what I'm saying? You're screaming at the wall like Hashem, where's my money? Like you don't even know what you're doing. But like it was, it was so intense, but it was so wrong. You know what I'm saying? You work so hard at the wrong thing. That's that's not that's not the way you're supposed to live your life. You're supposed to do it right. And feel right, and then it's transformative, and you're feeling something. But yeah, I think I feel like this has to be like whatever. I never tell people like blast out a share, but I feel like this is a share, not like, like this idea, or just give people a link to this book and tell them to read it. But it just really, it's so 
it, it's very it's powerful it's powerful i think everybody needs to like really understand this yeah <laughs> good um so i love that the idea it's really very special my question is um regarding chiyav and tefillah um and when I was single, I used to daven all the time. I was very makbed and mitcha, and I always really made an effort. And then I got married, and then, I don't know, I stopped davening. And I feel very guilty about it. How much, you know, am I mechuyav? How much is it really supposed to? Right. I want to know about that. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to pass, I'm not like giving, don't take this answer as a halachic answer. Okay, obviously, you know, the reason that Barbara Nell talks about this and many others talk about this. The reason why women are pater from all mitzvahs of Seisha as Magrama is because somebody has to be, well, there's a few reasons. One is somebody has to be taking care of the things that don't have that time constraint. So you have children going off to the bus or a husband that needs his wife to support, whatever the case may be. And therefore, that trumps that relationship. Those relationships really trump the chiyav of tila. So therefore, all mitzvahs of Seisha as Magrama that's what that is. Um, I, I like to tell certain women, like, did you put on tefillin today? No. Did you daven today? No. Why not? Because I don't have to. Why don't you have to? Because uh, I was supposed to do something. <laughs> what were you supposed to do? What were you supposed to do instead of that time? There's something that's supposed to happen that was so making you so busy that you just couldn't, right? You're supposed to be busy with something that you just, you Pasha couldn't, right? You had 16 children that had to get off to the bus and make the sandwiches and drive them carpool, whatever. So you just, you couldn't get it all together. So therefore you're putter from that. But, but that's not to say that a person, once they get what they want, all of a sudden, like now they're in a certain, tefillah is not Pakasha. It's not like I don't need something from you, God, and therefore I don't need you anymore. Tefillah, tefillah is tefillah. In certain sense, it's even more beloved when a person doesn't have that chiyav to daven. So the answer is, whether you have a chiyav or you don't have a chiyav, there's three times a day to daven. You know what I'm saying? Pick one of them. Pick something. Do something. There, there should be something where there's a real connection every single day with the person. You know, in, in, the, in, in the other series, in the Journey to Unity series, one of the last things I was talking about was finding meaning in your life outside of iced coffee. That there should be like, like meaning, 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 like you're doing something meaningful every day. A person, a person could live their entire life with no meaning. You could go through every single day with no meaning. There's nothing meaningful within what they're doing. Find meaning. And finding meaning within tefillah is a real relationship with Hashem. If a person can't because they have too many other obligations, so then yes, it would be better for the, Women, obviously. And again, I'm not saying any halakha things here. I tend to get emails from people who pick up on like little nuances and they get upset about it. Um, so I'm not giving a halakhic thing here. I'm just encouraging tefillah that I think it's a very wise idea for somebody to daven. If you're able to daven, daven. And understand that davening is not that you're asking Hashem for something. It's that you're internalizing what Hashem is. Obviously not a physical form, but the manifestations that we experience every day. And it's a hischaivas for you also. And and I think what we're coming out over here is that it's a hischaibus for you to live your life with meaning. You know what I'm saying? Hashem puts so much into this world, into this planet, everything that's going on. We have to live our lives with meaning throughout our day. That's what we're saying. That's what tefillah is. Yeah, we could go on more. I'm just nervous. I'm going to get into trouble. Okay, thank you. 
I just wanted to say one thing. I don't think it's really so much, as you mentioned, that I don't have time. I kind of just, I don't know. It's not like I mamas can't catch my breath for five minutes. Gavaldic. So I'm saying, so I think it's gr- it's great. That's great. I'm saying so. So have me in mind. <laughs> I, I'm saying seriously. Like I think that it's be it's become very much like a, like if somebody doesn't feel mechuyev, so then it's not something that they have to do. But if it's a relationship, you don't have to be encouraged to have that relationship. You know what I'm saying? If if that's something that you you recognize should become more of a focus in your life, then then that's that's really that's amazing. It's very good. Awesome. You're taking this to heart. I'm very happy to hear. Baruch Hashem. All right. Yeah. Uh, is there any other way to be a reflection of life besides chesed? Besides chesed? It's a very good question. I think for sure. I think that all of what we would categorize as as midos, you know, we talk about the midos of Hashem, even let's call it bein adam la'atzmai, I think that there's... Um, a tremendous amount of just reflection of what it means to to be emotionally healthy within your own world. Meaning, even without doing something for somebody else, being a calmer person, being a benevolent person. But I don't I don't necessarily mean giving you know of your time, but connecting, being empathetic to other people's plights. You could be saying to him for somebody who's gone through something, right? That's what it means. Let's talk about Tishabav for a second. What is Tishabav? For most people, Tishabav is like the world is crazy, right? Tishabav, really, if you think about it through the lens of Tefillah, is the fact that Hashem, the Shechina, is in Galus. If you internal, if you're empathetic towards that concept, then you've mastered Tishabav. Then you're Mitzapali Yeshua, right? You really want Hashem's the Shechina to be out of Galus. You want that like revelation again. The Beis Hamikdash, the Kahanim, the Avaida. It becomes more of like a real, a real feeling. So yes, I, I agree. I, maybe I emphasize a little bit too much the concept of doing something for others, but in many ways, the transformation is bein adam la'atzma. You're transforming yourself to feel good feelings. I think that's that, that's an important thing to talk about: the ability to feel the right way. You know, we sit we sit in a world where as long as somebody feels something, they say, "Well, this is my truth." It's not the truth. It's my truth. Why? Because I felt it. Even within the world of, of, of therapy, you have to go to where the person is. So if in their world they feel this, then we start at that point. Not we. I'm saying therapists. Like they start at that point. But the, the idea of tefillah is that, is that <laughs> how do you feel? Do you feel the right way? Are you forgiving in the right way? Are you angry in the right times? Like all of those feelings in a certain sense is really the, the essence of what tefillah is. It's a, it's it's an avayda shabalev between a person and themselves. So yeah, I, I agree with the question. The question is a great question. It's not just about me reflecting out to the world and going to join doctor, you know, doctors without borders and saving a village. I don't have the ability to do that. Maybe I could do their taxes for them, you know, like, <laughs> but, but I can't do much more than that. But but in many ways, tefillah is about understanding that like mahu rachum afata rachum, mahu chanun afata chanun. And it doesn't necessarily have to be towards other people yet, but much of it has to just do with your own feelings to yourself. If a person damaged Shmona Esrei and then yells at their kid, or damaged Shmona Esrei and is angry at their husband, then they didn't damage Shmona Esrei perhaps as, as high a level as they could have. It didn't go through them in the proper way. You just asked Hashem for forgiveness and then you weren't forgiving of somebody else. 
You know what I'm saying? You ask Hashem, take all of your abilities and, and heal the person that I need because you're kal yachal, you're able to do anything. And then you turn and you destroy somebody else instead of building them back up. Right? We think about like what we're saying, those words are supposed to be transformative. And I think that's the avayda of, of tefillah. And then there's bakasha. But the avayda of tefillah is really being adam ma'atzmai. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.